Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo, ho, It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report superfan interview. This one's a little bit different, and I'm sure you can hear the smile on my face when I'm telling you that I'm super excited that a very good longtime friend of mine is here with us tonight. This person is not only a friend of mine, but also the brand new captain of the brand new adventure series of Below Deck, Captain Carrie. So welcome. Welcome. We're excited to have you. Very excited. Thanks for having me, ladies. I accept full responsibility for the fact that you're even doing this right now because I feel <laughs> like, I feel like I'm partially responsible. Not only are you interesting and adorable and very charismatic, but you're also a willing participant in me pushing you towards the idea of doing Below Deck. So for that, I appreciate you. <laughs> I don't know whether thank you yet or not, but yes. Yeah, we're very new in this. <laughs> so we've had a lot of conversations about this. And I mean to tell you, beyond Sean Meager, who is by far one of the best captains that I've ever met, Carrie might be the best thing that's ever happened to a new series for Below Deck. I could not be more excited that you decided to throw your wiles to the wind <laughs> and agree to do this because I think that you showing your leadership style and you being able to showcase what the younger generation of captains is capable of. We've seen Sandy, we've seen Lee, we've seen even Glenn, who is quite possibly the most laid back captain ever on the planet. He's a sailing captain, so it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a slightly different situation, but having you, I feel like is very much on par with Jason. And you are good friends with Jason at this point. Like you guys have been in touch, you know each other. So you've chatted enough to know what you're in for heading yes. into this. Yeah, this is true. I mean, before I got involved with the low deck, I've had a few friends who've been on the show being yourself straight up and then uh, Ross was in there as well and then Lee and I we used to play golf together annually before the show started you and I have known each other for 15-ish years maybe so like my baby season mm -hmm. my induction season into yachting we happened to be on the same dock during the boat show and you actually told me the story the other day which I didn't even remember 
about our first meeting. I thought it was much later on in a different situation, but you were like, oh no, we met at the boat show and you were like, oh, let's go party. Like I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> please. Yeah, no, no. It must've been 2008 and we were down at, uh, was it Pier 66? Pier 66 during the yeah. boat show, the Fort Lauderdale and, boat show. And from it correctly, there was a really good party that we weren't invited to. And from it correctly, we might, we might have scaled the side of the wharf to get in there. We may or may not have pirated <laughs> our way into the party. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, it was a Japanese themed party. It was at a yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at an Asian restaurant that was on the water. We may or may not have invited ourselves via an indirect route. <laughs> not the front door to get in there i think we're well past prosecution stage that's long enough ago that nobody's gonna get the statute of limitations yes. is yes. i had all my clothes on my boat so i could get changed to go out right and you decided adrian to have a, a massive disguise by removing your epaulets oh <laughs> that sounds right and under the color. It's like Clark Kent's glasses. <laughs> no one will know who I am. That's funny. Well, you've known Carrie for a long time. I just got to meet him a few minutes ago. So I want to know a little bit of your background. Where are you from, Carrie? Well, Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah, your accent <laughs> says that. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing Palm Beach Gardens by way of Australia, possibly? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. from what you call the deep south. Okay. All the way down in Australia. I grew up in the outback. Mm-hmm. Never had any aspirations to be on boats other than just water skiing and floating in the water. Mm-hmm. And from the state of Queensland. And we moved to the coast when I was 16. And all my Gold family. Coast? No, no. A place called Townsville is where I moved to. Okay. My father was in the military. So I was like a bit of a military brat. And I started my working career as an electrician. Ah. All my family were tradespeople. And the company I was working for shut down. I ended up trying to find a job anywhere. Right. So I'd walk down the street and knock on every door and ask for a job. Went to the next door, ask for a job, ask for a job, ask for a job. And I eventually got a job pumping gas at a full service station, dipping the oil, checking the tire pressure, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw this advertisement in what's called the paper. <laughs> all the people old enough to remember those. Yeah, in the paper. And they're looking for a deckhand on a parasailing boat. Very cool. And I was this very, very, very shy kid, mm-hmm. 18 years old, super shy. I mean, I couldn't even look at a pretty girl in the face. Adrian couldn't imagine that person, but yeah. 180 now. <laughs> <laughs> and I got down to the boat and my breath was taken away. There was this deckhand on there. She was a lady and she was from Sweden. And I just like, I wouldn't leave the boat. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I kept like, the away. I kept to do something the whole time. But, you know, we went out, they tried me out to see if I had the, aptitude to be a deckhand on a parasailing boat and you know we get back and i'm like i'll rinse the boat and they're like okay thank you and i'm like oh let, let me dry out the boat okay thank you i just kept doing shit i just would not leave <laughs> i would not leave that's the best way to get a job and that's the start of my maritime career yeah wow. and that was how long ago man i was 18 and uh he's 27 now <laughs> I've been 18 a couple of times a bit. if he knows what a paper is he's older than 27 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a folder paper and still read it so yeah so I'm 46 now mm-hmm. so uh yeah it was, it was some time ago that was my introduction to being on the water and you know I've loved it 
I've gone from working on a 21-foot boat when I was 18, and the last vessel I captained full-time was 290. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A dinghy. So, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even seen a 290-foot boat on Below Deck yet. No, we haven't. No. That's amazing. Yeah. So, obviously, massively overqualified for this job. (laughs) And so, when we met, you were a first officer. Yeah. Right? You were first officer. Mate engineer. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Delta? It's actually from the same part of the world. It was a Northern Marine. Okay. And they were spawned by ex-Delta management. Okay. So, shout out to Jordo, because he was there. Yeah, Jordo. Yes. Yes. Jordo was one of the guys that worked on the boat with him when we were spending an intense amount of time together because we were in the Bahamas during the same season. So we may or may not have pirated our way into other parties. And mm-hmm. situations <laughs> but we've been friends for a really long time. And when this opportunity came up and we started chatting about it, and I genuinely was excited about the idea of him doing this only for the reason that We've never seen a leadership style like yours. And I had no idea of knowing that Jason was going to be in the franchise mix. But I think what I really love is your leadership style. There's a lot of adversity that comes with that dealing with crew, crew with romantic situations, crew with family situations, like all of those kind of things. And I think that that's one of the key elements. Driving the boat is the easy part. Yes, that's correct. Driving the vessel, actually operating the vessel is the easy part. When you have competent people in your engineering department, competent people in your deck department, when you have team leaders underneath you that are good at their jobs, that's the easy part. It's the interpersonal part of the job that becomes the challenge. And because I have not worked with you in your now capacity as a captain, I'm curious to know how you deal with adverse situations like that because somebody coming to you and saying I have a family issue I need to leave that's pretty black and white Mm -hmm. do you hire couples like in your job on yachts is it your preference to hire couples or not because I know captains that go both ways on this I like to hire couples because then I get a team and there's a team atmosphere I don't like to hire couples because that presents an issue to me when it's two against one and I'm in charge kind of thing. My style as managing crew has grown as I've grown. You know, everyone expects a captain to understand what's going on and have an answer for everything. And through all the stages of schooling and the examination, it's not about crew management. It's not about you've got a bunch of people from different walks of life, from different countries, and then you're going to squish them in a little space, smaller than a jail cell two at a time, right? Mm-hmm. And my earlier style of management, all I knew is how I was, you know, I was a go-getter. Right. The boat was first. That's all that mattered. I'm on the boat. I'm committed to the boat. I'm there. So I expected that from my crew. Also, great parties don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> so reflecting on how I manage today is very different than how I managed captain of boats when I was in my 20s. Different captain today. Yeah. And a lot of that is, I'm not a big believer in learning by your mistakes because you won't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. Right. I've made plenty along the way through, right? So being adult enough to accept that, you know, Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest things that I've realized is people do human sometimes, you know? Right. I think there's a difference between human mistakes and stupid, thoughtless mistakes. And a third category, thoughtless, unsafe mistakes. Well, okay. So what I was more getting at wasn't so much 
those kind of mistakes. I'm talking more about just considering people and who they are, where they're from, seeing them as real people, not just as staff, as positions. Right. Earlier in my career, your position, you're a stew, you have a job as a stew. Right. If -hmm. you're having a hard day with your boyfriend, I don't give a shit. Right. Right. That's kind of before. That's how I used to, that's how I was. Mm -hmm. Because I had a girlfriend too, and I might have been having a hard day, but if I start showing that I'm having a hard day, it affects everybody. Right. It poisons the whole boat. Right. So shit rolls downhill. But I had more dedication because I had more to gain and lose from the whole deal, right? So it's getting to understand people and where they're from. So before I answer your question directly about couples, now I want to know who you are. Right. Like beforehand, me knowing who you were was me checking your blood pressure and knowing your medical history and everything else. And looking at your CV for your experience. That's it. That, that's who you were, not who you are. And that's been the big change. And that's something that when you're running a 90 meter vessel with that many crew, I can't know who everybody is, right? but I need to have my finger on the pulse, right? On my key staff. And from them, teach them on knowing who people are because we all tick differently. We all respond differently. Being an Aussie, I might come across a certain way to one person that's hilarious. Another person that is so insulted that they want to leave. They don't understand your humor. Pardon? They don't understand your humor. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> I got it at the first part. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing Adrian's got a drink beside her, Carrie. Am I right? <laughs> By now, she would have got it, right? But that's yeah. okay. I, un- I understand her. I told him that if he didn't drop the phrase, your mom's your dad, at least once <laughs> during the show, that I'd be pissed. Because <laughs> that's a common, like, oh, comeback for Ozzy. Yeah, your mom's your dad. That's our way to get out. So let's get back to the question, right? Couples. I mean, not even necessarily couples, just people in general. It's just that's something that we're dealing with on this current season mm-hmm. of Below Deck, Mediterranean, where there's they kind of sort of started as a couple on the season and then they fell out. And now all of a sudden there's like full crew fallout from that. Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, I don't like working with couples. I don't like working for couples. Like if I have a chief stew and a captain. You mean a captain and an admiral? Right. That. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I've been that captain on a boat. I used to captain sailboats as well. Waffies. Yeah, waffies. <laughs> back in the with Sundays, I used to run sailboats, captain sailboats. I used to teach sailing him. And I had this golfer on the boat. And, you know, we broke up on the boat. And I hurt myself massively, major injury, because my emotions were so caught up in the breakup that I was holding the sheet on the vessel and the line slipped off the winch and the boom was swinging at a high rate. Guess what's oh. standing up? And I had to slow that sheet down really fast, mm-hmm. really fast. And the line ran through my hand Yikes. and cut through my hand, nearly to the bone. And that was my experience on how emotions can get in the way. Of in, your in, primary in, function. In, in your function of the safety of the vessel. I mean, sailing, boating is not a safe thing. It's very dangerous. Right. And a good crew make it look like fun. Mm-hmm. a good crew are aware of the dangers but some crew just see the fun and don't take the dangers seriously right so that's where for me to come in especially younger crew is they're like oh this is great rah, rah. they get their licenses way quicker than i got my license and responsibility much faster than i was given and they don't take the job seriously and then that's where incidences accidents and people get killed and it's happened many times in their industry right and that's just the yachting side my background's commercial. So I really come into this very safety focused, right? Right. 
So couples can be incredible for a boat. Incredible, but very low chance of it. Typically, you get one partner who loves boating. That's what they want to do. And they drag the other one with them. Right. And the other one's just doing it for their partner. So they don't have the drive, the reason to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's always a concern, right? So you've got an amazing stewardess or chef, you know, comes to the vessel, brings their boyfriend to be a deckhand, and he's actually an accountant or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Right. Not boat related, you know, mm-hmm. for the Midwest. He hasn't seen the ocean. And now his job is to drive a boat and not get seasick. Like a male me. Uh-huh. or whatever it may be right so it's rarely that you get a couple that are both focused on the job at hand now within my company i hired a couple for one of my clients and it's perfect tell her about your company yes i have a company it's uh yachting concepts okay and our biggest thing that we do is it's it's concierge service for the yacht owner okay so i'm looking at owners typically under 100 feet owner operate or they want part-time crew and i guide them through your ownership And I bring them the level of advice that they wouldn't normally see in this size range. And the reason behind that is I'm bringing in nearly 30 years of experience in three different continents on a variety of commercial and yachting. And here in South Florida is where my main base is, where vessels come to do their maintenance. And I have my vendors that do great work that typically service the large yachts, but I bring them down to the owner operator. We have a client base in California, up as north as the Hamptons, down in Costa Rica, and locally here in the Bahamas. Nice. It's exciting. I'm really enjoying it. That's very cool. But getting back to my staff management, my lows of having couples is you have an amazing partner and the other one's absolutely useless and it creates so much trouble on the boat because they're being kept around because of one person's holding them up. Right. Uh, my highs, I had the New Zealand couple, Briar and Matt, and they were absolutely incredible. Chef mate, absolutely incredible. So you do have amazing couples that work well together. But one of my biggest things is there's no PDA. Yeah. No PDA in the boat. Yes, you may be having your issues. As much as you want to keep it private, you need to involve me. Because I need to know that the mate, when he's taking the boss out on the Intrepid, if his head's not right. Right. Because you knew him had a fight. Or you and him are looking to break it up. Because I'll take the boat out. You know what I mean? Right. And that's kind of difficult. For crew, right? Because my job is very multi-role. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, a therapist. I'm none of those things, but I get thrown into that. Exactly. One of the things that I enjoy about you as a person and you as a leader is that you are very hands-on. And I think that's one of the things that in different ways we have seen throughout multiple seasons of Below Deck. I know that you are the kind of person that's going to jump in where things are needed right? Like you're not going to insert yourself where it's not necessary, but getting yourself into a situation where, like you said, you know that the mate is not in a good headspace. And so you're going to jump in and run the boss to shore or take them on an excursion because you would rather present a good face for the boat to the guests than allow somebody else who is capable of doing the job, but maybe not mentally in the right place to do it, Mm -hmm. to handle that. And I think that's really important because we don't see a lot of that. We've seen some of that with Captain Glenn on sailing season. We've seen some of that with Captain Jason jumping in in certain areas on the boat. And that picnic setup too, Jason was all in on it. Right. 
and Captain Sean who jumped mm-hmm. in to be like, I know this could look better if I do X, Y, Z, like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a lot of charter experience. So being able to jump in and say, let me guide you in the right direction. Let me show you my experience so that you can learn from this as opposed to hands off, you screw up. I berate you for that. And tell you what you did wrong. Let me tell you what you did wrong instead of trying to help you in the moment. Yeah, so for me, I approach it a little different to that and I like to empower my staff, right? So how can I help you? Would this be helpful if I do this? If I try to take over and they're in a bad place, then that can kind of bring them down further, right? Right. They feel like they're letting me down. Mm -hmm. My crew get very, very loyal because I'm involved. I'm part of them. I really, really want to be there to help them. Now, I'm helpful differently than other captains are. But one thing that Jason and I have in common, we're both Aussies. We both get it. You know, we both know that we worked our way up the ranks. Right. Nothing is beneath us. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not zero to hero captains. No, no. We've done, we've done it the hard way. No one gave us a free ride. And we've earned it where we got to. And I see myself as the captain that I am today is more of a guidance and more of, actually, I like to learn from my boss, right? I like to learn from them. You know, how can I come in and, and help you? What's your perspective of this? That mm-hmm. I find enjoyable. Not me coming in and like a peacock and just saying, look how good I am. Right. And you know, you know jack shit, right? And I'll be lying if there's not a few crew out there that I've fired in the past that probably think that of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a few out there. So there's a comment section. I'm sure we'll have more than one comment. <laughs> But, you know, the captain I am today, that's changed. I've learned, I've seen where I've been wrong. And, you know, it's very, very interesting to see how people have their way of managing certain situations. I think it would be worse if you hadn't changed and evolved. If you were doing the same thing you were doing in your 20s, I don't think life works like that. As situations and life experiences hit you, you learn to pivot, you learn to mold yourself to the situation to make it be the best experience it can be. Yeah. And the big thing for me, and I, and I mean that, I see myself as the conductor of the orchestra. Okay. I can't do all these jobs as good as these guys all at the same time. Right. You don't play 100 instruments? No, 99. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, to be honest, worse the crew I get, the better. When I can make the song sing. Right. Right. I'm not taking all the credit for what's getting done. Mm-hmm. I'm just making it happen. Right. I'm pulling the strengths of everybody. And then there might be strengths coming from one department you don't expect to cross over to the next. There might be strengths of teaching people how to stand firm in their department because at times you do need to. Some captains are all about everybody's got to know everybody's job. Everyone's got to do this. Everyone. That's not always good. Then there's captains who, you know what? We don't go past the threshold of the Arsalon door. That's stewed territory. Right. And then there's the argument well, is who wipes the threshold? Yeah. You're in there, right? Like who, who's, that's yours. That's no, mine. Oh, you wash the boat down. So you get to do it. You know what I mean? So that is what I find exciting. And that's what was very interesting for me for my season was I was provided these crew in a time that is a huge shortage of crew. Right. Because of the pandemic. We have heard that. Yeah. And, you know, we were in a very remote area where we just couldn't grab crew off the dock if I didn't like them. Right. If they're a safety concern, well, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're a little harder to work with than someone else that I could get in on a typical day, mm-hmm. maybe I might have taken that option. But this season taught me something about myself. And it was actually a good learning experience. And I'm glad to hear that. 
we categorize me on this because Adrian is the actual Yachty and I'm the super fan. As a super fan, from my perspective, that's what I like to see. I like to see how situations come up and how people deal with them. And if it's a new way of dealing with them for you and you get a learning experience out of it, that's great. Yeah, it really was. You know, it was a very positive learning experience. It's going to help me, even help me in the future. Right. In your experience, because this is a perpetual yachting debate and that I have all the time with people. Well, let's go. Again, I'm a yacht chef. <laughs> what is the most clutch role besides the captain who is the contact? Oh, so if you jump change. on a new boat, it can change. what is the most important position that you hire underneath yourself? If you say yacht chef, I'm going to assume Adrian has a gun next to you. <laughs> Not necessarily true, but <laughs> we have seen a lot of trips that don't happen off the dock, and the right. food saves it. So it does. That's also true. Also, the interior team saves it for I'm just it. playing, for goodness sake. Let the man answer. <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question. I'm not really. I mean, besides the engineering, <laughs> so we don't we don't really see the engineers, no, right? The engineers no. make the things go, and the toilets flush, and the air conditioning work, and that's all very important. We get that. Can, that's can, already can, locked I can, in. I can tell you, I can tell you, you believe that because you said it so quickly, and we spent five seconds on that subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> engineers are important. Nothing else would work without them. Literally. All right. So you asked me this question when we first met to today. We two different answers. Yeah. Right. I came back from a commercial background, right? So we take it very seriously, not that we take it any less seriously today, but people who are career mariners will have a deck certificate or engineering certificate. Yeah. Everybody else is part-time. Yachting's a little different, a lot different. Entertainment versus function is yeah. the priority. So let me give you an example. My last job in Australia before I came yachting in 2004. You're um, so old. Hush up. He's I'm five years old. younger than I'm us. Only, I'm only like five years old then. We start young in Australia. Right? So when I'm five years old, just out of diapers, I was painting non-skid paint on the cleats, the bollards of the landing craft so that the lines wouldn't slip. Wouldn't slip. My very first job, I'm in Canada, Sydney, Vancouver Island. What was my first job in yachting? Polishing the stainless cleats. So that it slips. So that it looks pretty. And what does it do? <laughs> it's right? I mean, does that make any sense to you? Yeah. But it's pretty. It doesn't matter. But it's pretty, right? So that's the difference in yachting. And that's what makes it difficult for aesthetics. me to do it's my job important. is aesthetics is it's all aesthetics. Everything is. All right. So we have to be able as engineers and captains, which I'm both, we have to be able to provide this very safe environment and make sure things are pretty mm-hmm. along the way okay so i my, would say you're pretty I would, well, not me i'm talking what's around me i'm saying you i think you're pretty when I wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> we so, hit uh, a dolphin now stop <laughs> <laughs> so the answer so you'll never ask me a question you'll get a yes or a no it'll be long-winded mm-hmm so the most important position on a boat, it shouldn't be a very big surprise, but it's the captain. I said besides you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. out of the running for this. All right. What's so, the next most important position? Like if you so, jump on a brand new boat as the captain, besides to, to, the engineer. To me, the first officer is very, very important. 
for me. But in the entertainment industry that we're in, it's a very close mark between the chief stew and the chef. Yeah. If the chef puts out great food and the chief stew is horrendous, it doesn't matter how good the food tastes. Yep. If the chief yeah. stew is just incredible and makes everyone feel amazing and the food's average and there's no effort put into it, it's not good either. Right. Right. So we just need to make sure the stews put out really solid cocktails on a very yeah. regular yeah. schedule. <laughs> to make up for the fact that the food is terrible we've seen how that turns out badly too it, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, but it's true though right i mean it can be shitty food and the chief stew can make it a great evening mm-hmm. yeah right she can really make it amazing and I'm not gonna give too much away but i'm glad i had a great chief stew in my season yay yeah it gives us something to look forward to from how i've seen it as a fan on the show there's not a lot of you time how do you decompress manage emotions and do all of this when you're confined to this small space and you have to be on for six weeks it was different yes different and scary in its own kind of way for me because i was the first yes 100 but what we go through on a daily basis in the yachting industry on a regular day away from our loved ones away from the people that we care about and the people that we normally communicate with and all of those things people that are not in our industry it's a challenge on a daily basis to get them to understand where we come from what we're doing and the fact that our communication is not intentionally lacking sometimes it's situational yes right and communication is massively limited And the things that I can say to you and the things that I can tell you and the moments that I'm going through that I would normally communicate to you, I'm unable. And that makes it a special kind of challenge. You know, it is tough. Yachting is fun and glamorous and all that stuff for the guests, right? But we have a job to do. We're house staff, you know, we're butlers and so forth. That's what we do. And, And we love what we do. But it is very highly stressful. You're a way overqualified taxi driver. Yes, yeah. you know, and and that, and that for me, that's why <laughs> a lot of a lot of respect for the stewardesses so they can walk out there and smile. Mm-hmm. You know? Like for myself, I don't have to smile. It's expected the captain's not going to smile. Oh, right? that's dog shit. Right? Come you, on, you, you can get away with it. You know what I mean? But your interior staff, you can't. You know, and that's, I have a lot of respect for the ladies because you know we, we've all got shit going on. And that's part of my season that really helped me appreciate people as well because I had. It was my first time away where in the past I was married and had my, my kids at home and I felt secure and comfortable, right? So this is my first season to be away and to be a little vulnerable. Help me appreciate my crew and where they're at. Are there times or are there situations on a yacht that are just a no-go for you? Because with Sandy, her thing is safety. With Lee, it tends to be people who have proven that they don't have the aptitude for the gig. What are your no-goes when it comes to a crew? My biggest thing in yachting is respect for each other. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And we all need to feel safe. And my biggest thing is, is this is a very male-dominated industry. Right. Right. And you have to be a very brave woman to be part of this. And you're already on alert just being on the boat, right? With all this testosterone running around you. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to be this. You're expected to be that. You've got to be smiling. You've got to be cute. You've got to be fun. And my biggest thing is sexual harassment. Right. That's my biggest thing. That's good to hear. That is a big one for me. 
mental health, making sure that, like you said, people feel safe. Yeah. And I feel like we're in a different world right now with yachting and mental health where it's being taken seriously. Because for a lot of us, our generation specifically, no, we didn't. We we didn't. We didn't. I mean, we we would joke. For a very long time. We we would, and I'm still guilty from time to time, that, you know, we would joke around and we would have fun with each other's sexes and as far as how we treat each other, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of of joke around a bit. And I, I don't, you know, boats that's that's it i mean every conversation around it's um, a patriarchal society it, 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 and i'm I, not saying that in a bad way it's just yeah. the way it is but adrian cannot disagree with this every sure. single crew meal every single crew meal there's two subjects that get spoken about sex and shitting <laughs> every time every time i don't know how it happens but every time <laughs> Now, so as a captain of the vessel, all right, I'm expected to take care of mental health too, mm-hmm. even though I may have my own mental health issues. You're also not trained for that. Let's be clear. There's no official training for that. Well, it's not, it's not official training. You're and a psychologist, you're uh, HR director, you're uh, engineering director. Like there's so many aspects, but so much of so that is not actually certified. Like exactly, it's, it's, it's something that you're wearing, and and it's a very flirty industry. And at the end of the day, is the is the whole nose no right. So for me, is I have a huge, a massive, heartfelt. I can't even explain it. How much it hurts me when I see when people take advantage of women because of their position on the vessel. Right. And I've seen it, and I, I don't allow it. Right. Even back in the day when I was on backpacker boats with Jordo in the Sundays, and I would see everyone get together and you get those kids, you know, they're like teens, they get drunk together and they make mistakes together. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But then you'd see a few young girls and the guys would rock up and let's do tequila shots. And I start seeing that the boys shooting water and giving the girls tequila. Yeah. And I would lose my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the appropriate time to. So that's my biggest, there's that in what I would put in exactly the same place is bullying. Right. I will not put a bullying. Yeah. Not at all. Threats of violence, there's not even a, a one strike rule. I mean, you, <laughs> you're, you're gone, mate. You're just gone. It's yeah. Discussion. So for me in yachting, yes, you put anyone together in a small room, they're going to find attraction and they're going to make mistakes together. Mm-hmm. And that's just yachting. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm okay with that. But when I start seeing people take an advantage, and I call sexual harassment bullying just as bullying with this, it's the same right. thing. Mm-hmm. I won't put up with it. Yeah. It's a power move and it's imposing your power on somebody else who's got less. So we'll not put up with it. Well, good on you. It's been cool to see Jason's captaining style. I'm looking forward to seeing yours as well. I'm excited to see the scenery. I can't even imagine how gorgeous it's got to be up close, Epic. but I will settle for seeing it through my TV screen. <laughs> Get a big TV because there's a lot to see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will tell my husband that is our next big purchase, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. We're excited. We have been pushing this since we first heard about it. It just sounds so different and such a departure in some ways, but similar enough that you should come right into the family. Yeah, I'm looking forward to be able to see what we're doing. It's absolutely amazing. You know, we had some challenges 
being in a foreign country, English being the second language. Mm-hmm. I have experience in exotic places around the world, and this was also a challenge for me. Right. So I really think that everyone is going to have an amazing time of watching this next season of Blow Deck Adventure. I am excited. Well, thank you again so much. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. Special thanks as always to the people who helped make Gangplank possible. Our opening intro down below performed by Lorelei of Florida. Music and lyrics by Terry Abbott and Angel Tweeter Frail. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda at Plastic Audio. Our super fans who have been so giving of their time and support and especially you, the listeners, who make it all worth it.